Hello, hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley Helveston, your guide to love. Welcome back. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Tiffany Janae here, and she is the owner of yoniegs.com and sacred sexuality coach. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. We're finally getting to talk. I actually messaged you a while ago, and then now we're kind of circling back and doing the interviews. So, so excited. Yes. Thank you for bringing me on. Yes. Because we, it seems like we're both on similar messages in terms of empowering people with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so go into more of what you're doing. Um, so I'm really just learning for myself. And as I go along, I share the journey. What interests me, I was raised by a psychic. So I grew up understanding energy as my first language and growing up, like I, of course, started to relate with my sexuality and I was observing how everybody else did their thing and trying to understand how I would then do my thing. And a lot of the stuff was like not for me. Like I wasn't really into being promiscuous and I wasn't into being called like a hoe or even dabbing in that world where anybody can conjure up the thought of calling me that. Um, promiscuity wasn't like my thing. And I don't know, I always thought I was like a prude. So it took me a while to find my way. And when I got married, uh, I've since divorced, but when I got married, I started studying about feminine energy, which was a new topic for me. And in that class, that kind of just took me on where I started learning about the energy behind sex and about Tantra and more of this like sacred aspect. And I was like, oh yeah, that's my shit right there. Like that's, that's where I fit in, in that space right there. And then I just started geeking out on it. Mm, I love that though. Well, you know, I didn't, I thought I was late to have sex. I didn't have sex until my twenties. That was late, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was either 20 or 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, and then I just started like exploring going on into it. So I loved how you said you kind of dove into the energy aspect of it because do you think nowadays the feminine energy is kind of rising again? Because it seems like we've been so in the masculine for so long that people don't even know how to get in touch with their feminine. Yeah, totally. I mean, all around we hear the rising of the divine feminine, divine feminine, you know, it's such Mm -hmm. a big thing. So I think it's totally what's happening. But for me, I don't see it as like, it's just about the women. I like in all of us, masculine, no matter what body you're holding, you possess masculine and feminine energy. So it's about finding that balance. And I think that we've been subjected, even the men to really overly masculine, unhealthy ways. And it's not even healthy for our men to embody these traits. And so now we're getting to a space where it's like, we're calling forth more authenticity, more nourishing, more communication, more transparency and vulnerability. And all of these things tend to be very feminine. So all of us are having to do the work, whether you're, you're man, woman in between, like you all have to do this work right now. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because do you think that that's really the reason what's happening with everything right now is because people were so in their masculine that they completely rejected the feminine and then mother it's like, I'm just going to make everybody do a reset. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. I mean, I know for me, I went through what what our country or our, I guess the world is experiencing right now with this shutdown is something that I went through about 
20 years ago. Like every aspect of this, I've had to go through way ahead of everybody else. And I definitely at that time was like, I feel like I'm going through my feminine because I was working in corporate America doing the nine to five thing and just afraid to ask for time off, asking for permission and them being able to tell me no, and then having vacation time, but then being threatened to actually use the vacation time and um, all of those things. And it made me feel like so masculine. Like I always had to be on and like my body wasn't my own. I was just some workhorse. And it took me having to break myself and then come into a space where I had to start surrendering and dealing with a lot of fear and confronting it and sitting with it. And I definitely called it a feminine awakening for myself. So to see society going through it right now, I think like, yeah, it could be along those lines of we're all being asked to go back into the womb and like nourish ourselves in a deep way. Mm, I love that you said that. So at that time, are you dealing with burnout? Yeah, I'm still a recovering burnout person and I have to be mindful of my energy where when I start getting into a space where like I'm too on, where it's just too like, okay, you got this to do. You got this to do. Get up. You got to keep moving. And like, when I feel myself on that, I like have to come off because I know where that's going to take me. And it's like, nope, we're going to chill. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to, we're going to do whatever. Like we're about to turn on this show. We're going to take extra time going to the waterfall or whatever. And I have to like allow myself almost like sometimes force myself to allow myself to just relax, but because I don't want to hit that, that red again. And I've done it so many times and I've, every time it's felt like I just died and I had to come back to life. Mm, Yeah. I've been there too. Yeah. Do you think it's almost like, cause my friend told me once, it's like, we don't appreciate just being. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're allowed to just be. So it's not even really like an appreciation, but when have we ever been allowed to just be? Like, even as as kids, it's we're always having to do something. It's from one activity to the next. And then growing up, going through school age, it was like, get up. You have to be to school. You have to work. Like, we are basically working, and then you get home, and you can barely relax. You have to do homework. And then once you do homework, then you have to do your chores, and you have to do dishes. And, you know, and like on the... um summertime breaks, like you couldn't sleep in too long because you couldn't get too used to it because you had to start training to go back to school. And so like, when have we ever really, I don't think that that's normal for us. And it's hard to envision that if it's, if it's never been implanted into you. So we're kind of trained to be these like workhorses and always on, and you're not going to get time to relax until you've earned it. And you're like 60 (laughs) and that's, that's what's told to us. And anything else between then is just like, suck it up. This is what we all have to do. So it's really hard to drop into a space of allowing yourself to just be. Mm. Yeah. You bring up such a great point too. And this affects people sexually too. Cause I've noticed with me, for me, if I'm in that burnout stage, you go, go, go. The last thing I can do is drop into my body and be sexual. Yeah. Yeah. I just taught a course called Intimacy and Isolation um, with a colleague of mine, Davida Moore, who is a therapist. And we did a lot with disassociation and confronting like couples intimacy problems, but just on an individual level. and, And that comes up a lot where like your mind is always going and, and it's, and then plus the partner that you're with can be triggering other survival type of things. So it's really hard to like settle into them as well. And then not knowing how to properly communicate that. 
so there's a lot of things that we get into the mind. So we, we worked with like brain dumping and having a time for that. And then having uh, exercises and cues that you do for yourself to get yourself back into the present moment of feeling into the sensations. Mm. Cause do you think, is that why, cause I've noticed there's so many people now that have sexual issues in terms of men not being over to last or maybe being addicted to porn or like women being so like in their head that they can't get in their body and like experience a sexual situation. Mm-hmm. And so do you think all of that is because of the burnout and the go, go, go? Yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think that in general, like we all kind of have this thing going on inside of us where we're just a little tired of the old way and we're really, really wanting something new. And maybe everybody doesn't have the language of what that something new is, but it's still there. And it's just like the old way of systems. I feel like we're in an in-between, like the kids that are being born now have so much wisdom and have such a vision. Like they're coming out and they're like, I only want organic snacks. Like all that other stuff, you know, I want good water. I want my education to be like this. I want to be honored as the person I am. And they're like declaring a whole different level. And so our generation is kind of like that in between where it's like, okay, let me adapt to this. That sounds good, but I didn't come from that. So like, let me figure this out. And we're figuring out how to like calibrate to the new frequency and moving past the old generation's way of doing things. And yeah. So there's like this deeper craving on for all areas of our life. It's like, we don't want to work the same. We don't want to have sex the same. We don't even want our relationships the same. We want to communicate differently. We want something different. And we're all just trying to find that thing. Mm. I still agree with you on that. Cause it's so interesting. Cause I've enjoyed this time. I mean, obviously I've gone up and down with the emotions and things like I have missed seeing people, yeah. <laughs> but like my sister has been home and you know, she was driving 45 minutes there and back to, you know, in Atlanta traffic. So obviously she doesn't miss that at all. Yeah. You know, my cousin was doing three hours a day each way. Oh, I know. Yeah. Where does he live? She lives in in Northern California, but like where she works, she can't afford to live in that area. So she can only afford to live, um, well, with traffic, it's three hours away. So she literally has to get up every day at 3 a.m. to drive to make it to work by like six and then has three hours to come home. Like that, like this is just not sustainable. You know what I mean? And like, it feels good in a way that the society is broken because people have had time to just sit at home and think and to feel something different for themselves. And I'm really excited to see what we create from this, but it's not fair that these are people's lives that people can't even afford to live where they're working at. Like they're building community in a space that they can't even afford to be there for. Like that's ridiculous. Um, Working at jobs, like there's so many people I talk to at health food stores and they're like, yeah, I can't afford to shop here. And it's like, what? That's so crazy. Like how can these multi-billion dollar corporations be okay with this? And we, we just need to change. Everything needs to change. So this is a great pause where I'm really excited. We have some really creative and beautiful people who have been doing a lot of work tapping into their heart and facing their shadows. And now that we've gotten more people on board with doing that through this forced isolation, it's just really exciting to see what we all, what we collectively create after this. Yes, I agree with you on that because I also think it's, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. There are so many people that like the driving back and forth, that's, that's not sustainable at all. Yeah. And I also think it's like, 
creating, because that's one thing too that I loved was having people over for dinner and just um, like creating a community. And so I think that that's something that I'm craving more and more of now that, well, hopefully we get out of like everything about open, well, it's supposed to be open back up this weekend, but hopefully uh, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that that's what people are craving is like a deeper fulfillment and connection with other people. Yeah, definitely. Beyond like the superficial layer of things, like, but it's for our own selves. Like, I think we want to stop relating with our own selves on a superficial level and we want to, and it, it has to start there. And then that allows us to experience it with other people. Definitely. And so you, so you sell uh, Yoni eggs? I do. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about those. Cause I have one. Okay. And I, I, I mean, I call it a jade egg, but same thing as the Yoni egg and tell people about those because I think they're really cool. Yeah. So my store, I own yoniegs.com and I've been doing this since, uh, 2008. And, um, as, as a being, I was raised by the mineral people, which is like the, the crystals and the rocks and the stones and things like that, the elements. Um, and they've been part of my life since birth. So every rites of passage that I've went through, they've changed form to teach me a different lesson about that age group and that new embodiment I'm taking on. When I became a woman, they took the shape of an egg. And so this is how they taught me about womanhood. And initially when I got into it, I was just looking for them, couldn't find them anywhere. I come from sales and marketing. So I was like, there's a void that needs to be filled from this. And that has since taken me to service probably had close to over 50,000 women around the world um, with these stones. But basically they are crystals. Some of them are crystals. Some of them are other type of minerals, stones, um, obsidian is a lava and they're shaped into eggs, which represents fertility and new birth and cultivation. So the crystals and the minerals have a really high, uh, the words escaping me, but basically like a energy level and they hold their frequency no matter what. So us as humans, we're constantly fluctuating and it's really hard for us to hold our frequencies. So in one aspect, we may be love, but in the very next moment, we might be expressing hate or disdain. And so we're constantly vacillating between emotions and consciousness. But with the crystals and the minerals, they hold it on their own. So by us bringing them into our existence, into our space with an intention, they influence our energetic body in some sort of way. Now, the womb space is something that makes us as females really magical, and we have the ability to not only create children in there, human beings, like we can call forth a human being from some other dimension and put it inside of us and nourish it and give birth to a life, which is amazing and a miracle, but we can also do that same kind of magic with ideas and with visions for ourselves and our families and our loved ones. It's what makes us amazing. Like we're nourishers. We make shit happen. Like literally we make shit happen. And uh, the womb is, is part of that magic. And so most women have, have experienced a loss of their power due to being violated sexually at some point in their life. And so that stuff stays inside of the womb, which affects your ability to bring in new energy into there because you have this like darker energy that you may be creating from. 
So taking that high frequency of the crystals and bringing them inside of the womb has shown for many women to be something that is beneficial to help them purge past the darkness and to heal past those things and move into more embodying the characteristics of these minerals. And so it's not that you could just put a crystal inside of you and everything's going to be magically taken care of for you. But what happens is that there's a lot of things that happens, but it also helps to cue you to know like you set an intention. And by having this crystal in the shape of this fertility, this sacred symbol in your life, that in itself can be a placebo effect that then cues you to want to do other things that are good for yourself. So um, which ultimately is going to heal, uh, contribute to you healing your own self. My sister. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to ask you, okay, so, okay, I've heard that regular Kegels don't work, right? So if I just do this, that you mm -hmm. have to stick the egg in you to do the practices, to strengthen the pelvic floor, to then increase wetness and, you know, heal sexual issues. What do you think about that? Well, I'm not a pelvic floor expert, but uh, I would say that it's not that it, they don't work. I think that they definitely work. Mm -hmm. I think that you can increase the effectiveness by working with some sort of object. So whether that's been wall balls or that is um, a yoni egg or any other object that you can put in that you're tightening around, like you can even be having sex with the penis and be doing your cable exercises on the penis. So anything that's going to help to add, you can build the muscle around, but I think doing them by themselves is certainly, I'm sure there's lots and lots of proof out there that those help as well. Mm -hmm. And then for, because I want to make sure people listen and get this. Okay, so when you get one and you set the intention, would you then use the egg and then do you what? Do the practices and then uh, release it? So the intention begins like, well, let me first explain that crystals are, are programmable. So they already have their own energy and information inside of them, which you will absorb. But then they also have the ability to take on your stuff. So when you go on my site and then you, you're reading, there's a couple ways that you're going to be attracted to it. It's either going to be intellectual, like, oh, I like how this sounds. It's going to be aesthetic. I like how that looks. Or it's just going to be like esoteric, like a vibe. Like, I just feel it. I like this. But all of that is going to dwindle down to when you start, when you do go and you read about it, it's always, whether it just was like a vibe or it was more aesthetic, when you read about it, it's going to resonate with you. Like, oh, wow, this is crazy. This found me because I'm actually working on this particular issue. So the intention is already attracting you as you're creating it to find you, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's already happening. And then when you bring it into your life, you can continue to do the work and like, you're just enhancing this intention. And maybe this intention is, let's just set one, like um, moving past sexual trauma so that you can move more into your sexual confidence, right? So you've now done the thing, you've bought this crystal and you're intending to put this inside of you. And so this is now highlighting, it's reflecting back onto what it is that you're setting for yourself, whatever that goal is, that intention. Um, and then, so to actually work with the crystal, you can just simply having it in your life is enough. Um, if you just keep it on an altar, that in itself is enough because again, it's just going to keep cueing you every time you see it like, oh yeah, that, I'm working on that thing. I got that because this thing, you know, 
let me do better. Let me respond. Let me make this phone call. Let me go to this retreat. Let me, whatever, you know, all these other choices. Let me drink this better water. Let me eat this green salad. And, but then when you bring it inside of you, if you so choose, there's a couple schools of thought. So the oldest teaching is from the Tao. And the Tao says that you should just bring it inside of you, do some exercises with it, and then remove it and then be done with it. So you're only keeping it in for just a few minutes at a time. The more new school way thought is that you can bring it in and you can leave it in for however long you want to keep it in. So we have some women who have left them in uninterrupted for weeks at a time. Some that leave them on for the whole day, you know, and go about their whole day to keep channeling that energy. So if you are let's say you get a carnelian because you're working on a business deal and you're like, well, I want to channel this fiery energy to give me the confidence to go in here and speak. So I'm going to wear this yoni egg inside of me when I go to this business meeting. And then you can channel that. So there's, there's different intentions. Um, with everyone that you get from me, I give out a use and care pamphlet and I give all of this information in there so that you're informed and you can make whatever decision works for you. Mm, okay. I love that. Yeah, because, okay, so is it dangerous, though, to have sex with it? It could be. It also could be dangerously fun. But, <laughs> um, no, I, I, people definitely have, have had done that. I'm one of mm -hmm. those people. Um, it would be dangerous if you were not being mindful of it and you were just having, like, hardcore pounding sex. That could probably not be so cool. But it's a really beautiful experience. I teach this in my courses and to my clients about an intimacy connection where you with your partner can set the intention and there's a foreplay aspect that you can add in with it. And then you can insert it inside. And, and when you make love, you're doing it with the awareness that there's a third presence there, that there's an object. So you allow it to work with your energy and to move around with you physically as opposed to just like doing your thing and pounding. And it's really beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't experienced that. So I was wondering if it would be like painful or would it be weird? <laughs> yeah. And then of course, everybody's body is different. So it might not be your jam, but um, it just depends. It could, it, it can be really pleasurable, especially because you're having that um, bigger object inside of you. So it helps to like increase that tightness, which most of us love that feeling of tightness. Um, so that helps. And then the smoothness of the stone as it rotates around the man's penis head is really awesome as well, I've heard. Mm, okay. So what about, because I know a lot of people are talking about this now and I love this topic. What about manifesting through orgasm? Yeah. Um, I teach that too, sexual manifestation. What about it? Well, there's different techniques too. And I wanted to ask you which, <laughs> which method you use. I've heard the one, you know, where you, right before you orgasm, you think about what you want to manifest. Mm -hmm. but which, um, which strategy do you use? Um, you kind of blinked out there. Oh, okay. I was saying that when you are having a sexual experience, either with yourself or with a partner, and then you're thinking about what you want to manifest right mm -hmm. before you have an orgasm and then like call it in. Is that what technique? Yeah. I think that's definitely an effective way to do it. Um, you can actually speak it out. So you can set the intention prior to like with your, with every lovemaking session you go into, if you so choose, you can make it, you can acknowledge the ritual that's taking place by 
dedicating that energy towards something in particular. So saying like this session, what are you working on? And, um, you know, these virtue characteristics of yourself and then this is what I'm working on and great. And then do we have something that we're working on together as a couple? And then as you're making love, you can speak those things back to each other in an affirmative mantra. So if someone's like, I'm working on being more confident and uh, getting my, this project done and out, then you as the supportive lover can speak that out during lovemaking. Like you are so confident when you walk in a room, you, you radiate, people recognize you, you magnetize to you resources that you need. You just um, make so much currency off of your energy, off of being yourself and doing that. And then um, at the peak, so you can do that throughout. And then at the peak of orgasm is a good time to like speak those things. Mm, okay. I love that. Okay. So you don't have, cause this is where I guess I got confused. So you don't have to have the same intention, the same thing you want to manifest for it to happen. You, he no. could be calling something else and you could be calling us something else and then you both. Yeah, totally. Oh, wow. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I I guess I never thought that like that that would be like a thing cuz it when I was just teaching my class one of my students asked me that same thing and she's like what if our intentions don't match and I'm like what? Oh, You're I, like I why would really... they be? I don't know why I yeah. have to be. <laughs> no, that's I, it's cool cuz it lets me know like more people think like that but um <laughs> which is is awesome to address and to even as myself as a sharer to like think about that to you know cuz I just I, like it just assumed of I try to think so much in like an autonomous mind state. So I'm like, well, we're two separate beings and we're coming together for one in one collective goal, but like we're two separate beings. So like, of course our intentions aren't going to be the same. Like, um, but you know, another thing that, um, we teach in the intimacy and isolation classes about share like, um, individual sessions. So like a session dedicated just to be in the receiver and then one where you dedicate just to be in the giver. And so I guess in that aspect, that would be a good time to implement the individuals. So if, if the individuals being the receiver and you're being the giver, you could take on that person's particular intention and just make it all about their intention and not nothing of yours as the giver. You're just there to help support them and their intention. That would be a good time to put that in. Mm, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause I think it's where I brought that up is because I was actually with someone in 2018 and he was into all this. And so he was like, okay, I want, I'm calling in this amount of money. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so I assumed I'm there. Let's call it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're that right, definitely works. yeah. Cause I like the idea of having two separate and then both having a couple intention too. Yeah. I think it works really well. Yeah. I mean, I know this interview is about me, but I'm just curious, like in short, how did you get into this kind of oh, work? How did I get into it? You know, what's so funny because most people fall one thing that I've noticed with doing these interviews, you know, I've been doing these interviews since 2018. Mm -hmm. At first they were live on Instagram. Then I couldn't record them. So I started doing them through zoom last year mm -hmm. and I've just been continuing. And then this year, you know, I uploaded it to iTunes and SoundCloud. So basically how I got into it was I was holistic health coach and I noticed that I hated it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's like I, I love health and holistic health and all that. And I love talking about it, but, I love this stuff way more. Yeah. And obviously that's a component of his health, but not all of it. And so for me, I was on an antidepressant and birth control and like three sizes bigger than I am now in corporate America 
um, working underwriting. My dad does insurance, so that's how I got into it. Um, this was like five years ago. And basically, I hated my whole life, and so I found health coaching to try to like get myself healthier. And then at the time, I wasn't having an orgasm, and so I was seeing a therapist, and he kept telling me nothing was wrong with me, but I was like, I've got to figure out what is going on here. I went to a psychiatrist, and she was like, oh, don't worry about it. We, it's sure definitely your antidepressant is the reason why you're not having an orgasm. We can just put you on another pill to counteract the side effects of that pill. No. <laughs> so that's how I like dove headfirst. I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. Um, so I read it and then I got off everything and yeah, it just made me realize like there's so many different things and holistic health and sexual health solve. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Say, how did you get into the sex stuff? Like then how did, how, so Oh, then- so how did that happen? So basically yeah. then I went like years not having an orgasm. And so I was exploring. I was like, oh my God, like I would literally self-pleasure. Nothing would happen. I was so disconnected. Uh-huh. And so I ended up, um, you know, Sophia Levy Marie. I think you know her. And I, I'm familiar with her work, but I don't know her personally. Okay. Well, I worked with her for a year. Okay. She was the first sex coach I worked with. And I worked together with oh, her. Wait, she lives on Maui. Yes. Yes, I do know her. Duh. Uh huh. Yeah, yes. I know me. Uh-huh. She knew you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she was like my first mentor during all of this. It's so funny. And um, I remember basically right before I started working with her, I found her on some sort of webinar series. And I was like, okay. So these women look really happy and they're doing this work talking about sexuality. What, what do they have that I don't have? And so I. Um, I ended up actually, I had sex with this guy and I had all these orgasms and I was like, oh my God, I haven't felt this like ever, <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. And so that was in 2018. And so basically it's been like this self-discovery for me and I've noticed that like, and obviously you know this, like with women, like there's limitless of pleasure. It's like, it's like never ending. It's like, yeah. So for me, it's always been exploring and learning more and more because I think that I meet so many women that are only having clitoral orgasms or maybe they're only having an orgasm with themselves but not, not with their partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in Alabama and obviously I've noticed that there's shame around sexuality everywhere, but it seems like in the religious um, states, there's more. Yeah. You know, and no one talks about it. And so yeah, for me, when I was going through all this, I was like, am I the only woman that's not having an orgasm? But obviously, I know now I wasn't. Yeah. That's awesome. I lived in the South for a while. I'm from the West Coast, and I lived in the South, and it's so different. Like, I wouldn't say that everybody's super liberated and, like, woke in the West, but it's – the South is, like – like, you guys don't really talk about much down there, but there's a whole – there's a whole – thing happening right now where a lot of people are breaking free and and it's really cool to see so many people become courageous and break free from out of that Uh, but there's a lot of work to do uh, for us collectively but there's just so much energy trapped in those vortexes in the south that it's like you guys are really pushing through Oh, oh hello when I first told my mom I remember it was Easter several years ago I told her I was like this is what I want to do for my my life like this is my life's work and she was like, you want to do what? 
I was like, I want to help people in their sex lives, their sexual connection with themselves and spirituality and liberate them. And oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's weird. But um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of work to do. And so that's what it is is exciting. Is yeah, good for you. Potential. Thank you. Yeah. And then I went on a sexual retreat in Costa Rica in 2018 too. Nice. Yes, yeah. That, that was right. with um uh Freya and Michael and Nana. I don't know if you know them. No, not familiar. Yeah. So cool. uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean it's because they the retreat I went on, they told me that couples are on the verge of having a divorce. They go down there before they, you know, they're literally like, we're done with each other. They haven't had sex in years and they go down there and everything changes. Wow. Whoop. That's such potent work to be doing. Amazing. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've had people, I'm sure people have told you this, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me saying they're not having sex at all. Just roommates. Yeah. And then it becomes like they're normal where they're satisfied with that, but then it sends them into dark places, you know, and mm-hmm. then they're finding fulfillment through, other places that they can't be expressive like porn or cheating and secret conversations and things like that. And it's like, come on, there's such a better, more mature way to go about this, but you really have to do the work and want to move past that. But it makes me happy that more and more people are creating avenues to like encourage more people to do this because we really are imprisoned in this, in this world through our sexual energy because we don't understand it. And the reason why I'm so curious about how you found it is because you, you have to go off of the beaten path. Like I can tell by um, just this might be my own just stereotyping, but like from your tone, it seems like you were raised probably in a really religious um, family and very like, like, this is the way, you know, this is what's mm-hmm. proper and this is how you do it. And this is what makes you a lady like. And so, um, that's just my read. And mm-hmm. so you had to really become courageous to come off of, off of that beaten path. And I wasn't raised like that necessarily. I wasn't really given any guidelines about how I needed to be in my sexual energy, but I also wasn't given much education on it. And so I didn't have to overcome like the religious part of it. I just had to like let people know like this is what I do. And then they're like, okay, girl, whatever, you know, and, and they let me do my thing. But, um, but I still had to like really go and find it. And it, it was deep in the jungles, like really, really off the path. I had to dig and dig for it. So, but this is where part of our liberation comes through because we're really like sex is everywhere. It's crazy how sexually, expressive everything is yet it's not it's like like okay all these sexually suggestive ads yet i can't show my my tits on instagram if i want but you can do basically a soft porn of a commercial but then we're not allowed to talk about it like i i can't talk about it i can only you know what i mean so it's just all this mm-hmm. darkness and and then we're all confused like it's and then most people were molested and so then it's perverted and then porn and you could tell those people aren't really like happy about what they're doing so we just have all this underlying confusing energy and when it gets to a point in a relationship where people aren't having sex and then they're doing dark things to satisfy that it's like no come on just come out of the darkness just come to the light like let's just talk about this shit we can figure it out it doesn't need to be like that and yeah it's just so Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. This is what I was talking to tell someone the other day. Like, because I'm down the rabbit hole, you're right. I had to go way off, way in the, you know, 
Uh, my mom, in 2018, when I went on the sexual retreat, my mom, my whole family didn't talk to me. My mom thought I was joining a sex cult. <laughs> I literally remember messaging Sophia and I was like, I was like, this is it. I might have to move to Costa Rica. <laughs> but, um, but yes, you're right. It's crazy. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's, it's like we are hypersexual in all the wrong ways. And yet we are sexually repressed too. We're, we're both. Yeah. And so I've, I just had a guy message me. I had to block him. He like was saying inappropriate things to me sexually through Instagram. Wow. And he was telling me he's watching porn multiple times a day. And just, just some of the things he was saying, I was like, uh, I'm blocking you. I don't feel yeah. comfortable. But I also think it's, it's educating people. You're right. It all goes back to educating people because there's so much misinformation. And then where are people learning it? Porn. Exactly. And that's not educational. Right. No, not at all. So are you pro that or completely? Because a lot of people that I've interviewed, some are like, it's the devil's work. I'm completely against it. And then others are like, well, I'm okay with some of it. Yeah, you know, my approach on everything is really, it's not for me. I'm not really anti anything. You know, I just, that's not really for me to say. Like, I was even listening to what you were saying about the woman that, that gave you, that you went to and was like, Oh, you know, well, we can give you another medication. And, but that was like, her remedy wasn't necessarily what you wanted, but it was the cue that you needed that pushed you into a whole different direction. And so mm -hmm. you can't yeah. be anti her because thank God she was there doing what she was doing because that's what got you to where you're at. You didn't have to take her medicine, but she mm -hmm. still served her purpose. So like everything serves its purpose. Um, but like, where do you, where do you want to be at? And so my thing with like sexual energy, I've been in so many strange ass situations because of my work that is not my thing. But one of the greatest things I took away from being in these areas is don't yuck somebody's yum. So if that's what you're doing, then that's what's up. And it's not for me to say that that's wrong. But what I can say is like, well, what are your intentions? What are you, where are you trying to get to? And maybe perhaps where you're going for that isn't going to be the one, the place that fulfills you to do that. And so you might want to look at some other things and this is what I have to, to do. But for me personally, I also, I, I am not into porn. I never really have been like, of course there's times that I go and I look at it, but it always has like, this nasty feeling afterwards that just is like, ooh, I just got off to that. Like, ooh, you know, and I, I just, that's just not for me. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just only pro things. I'm not really anti anything. Mm, no, I love the way you said that. But I also think it's, um, do you think that, because that, that seems like people, that's where people find their education. So nowadays I'm noticing, especially in Atlanta, there's this huge, not huge, I guess this is who I'm hanging out with, <laughs> but it seems like there's a lot more people that are open to open relationships and different varieties of relationships, not just monogamy now. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely see that as well. Um, I think it's cool. I, I, again, don't have any way of saying like what people should be doing. I know that in, when I've been spent time along around the people that are like, polyamorous and things like that they're just like monogamy is not normal like that's people who are doing that are just lying to themselves mm -hmm. I don't necessarily I haven't come to that conclusion just yet but um 
what I always encourage my clients to do and people that I love is just like, just keep the lines of communication open. And the best thing that you can do in a relationship is just keep talking through your growth because maybe when you first got into the relationship, you envisioned that you can be with this person for 50 years and this would be the only person that was going to satisfy your every needs. And then you're five years in and you're realizing that's not really possible, but you do love 75% of the things, but you want to explore 25% of these interests somewhere else. But if you're afraid to talk about it, both of you are doing each other a disservice. And if you're really partners and if you really love each other and you really support each other as individual beings and you're not trying to absorb each other, um, then you should be able to talk about these things and with proper consent, like give someone the ability to consent to something, but from a mature place, you know, like you really have to do your own work to like consent and if you can come to the conclusion to say like, Hey, I really have this burning desire inside of me. I met this person and I don't know what it is. And I feel like in order for us to find out that we need to get to a level of intimacy. And I'm not saying that I want to just go over there and fuck that person, but like, it may be some things that you may feel is inappropriate if I did them, if I didn't tell you about it. So like, let's talk about it. And if that's, if your partner's a hard no, then that might add to other things of like, well, then we aren't compatible, you know? And because these are the things or it might add to you might get something enlightening out of that of like wow i realized that like yeah that was this lower aspect of myself that was wanting to experience that and now that we've had this conversation we can grow higher with each other i don't know but by talking about it you can decide what's right for you but i don't think that anybody should be trying to like aspire to fit in boxes and some people might go long periods of time and want to just be monogamous and then when it comes to a time where it's like hey, I want to explore this, then like just support each other and being fluid beings and being on individual paths the best way you can. And sometimes that means the path brings you together. And sometimes that means the path takes you apart, but you have to talk about it to get to the understanding. Mm. Yeah. I love that you say that though, because I think that that's what I've noticed is the problem is I was actually with someone in an open relationship, but he had the don't ask, don't tell policy. And I look back and I'm like, it wasn't healthy because both of them were doing stuff on the side. Neither of them were talking about it. And so then it caused all these problems. And then I, I got out of it because I was like, this isn't. So I like how you're saying it's like no matter what type of whatever type of relationship you're in, it doesn't matter. Whatever title it is, just keep the communication open so yeah. everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I um, I haven't been in like a open relationship like that, but um most of my friends or people that I've heard that are in open relationships, they're like, everybody thinks all we do is just fuck, but we're actually just talking and processing all the time. Like we do more <laughs> of that. And that's always so funny to me of like the, the level of communication that it takes is a lot. And, mm. but it's, it's about growth. Like that's what relationships are about, right? It's like growth. It's not always just about using this person to satisfy your pleasure. It's about growing with that person and people bring up, different things to get to different layers inside of each other. And so like, let's just keep talking and growing with each other. Mm, yes. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we're, relationships are vehicles for growth. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cause that, I do know someone here. Well, several people in Atlanta, they are in that community and you're right. It is, but it's so, I, I love the way they do it because it is very healthy and they're always communicating and talking. And so I feel like if you're going to do something like that, they do it right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I wonder what's that. I wonder what that group is. You could tell me later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll tell you later. Okay. 
But, um, okay, so where would you want to leave everybody with? Because I know that we talked about a lot. And, you know, for those who are, you know, for the final takeaway from our conversation. Um, let's see. Well, I, depending on when this is airing, I'm just about to launch another session of the Intimacy and Isolation course, which is awesome because, um, again, I did it with the therapist that is my partner in this. And so she's also a, a trained Tantra practitioner as well. And so we did the foundation, like it's three weeks and the first week is about communication. And we go through all of these different styles of communicating and give them all of these different tools to communicate. And then the second week is about connecting in intimate ways. That's not just about sexual. And so being mindful of the space that you create and engaging the five senses and, um, setting intentions and, and things like this, asking for consent. We did a lot about consensualness. And then the final week we've got into intimacy, what had, which had to do with like actual techniques that you can use in, in uh, sexual engagement and things like that. So I highly recommend people to check that out. That's at intimacyandisolation.com. I would love to see people into that. We've been offering it as a donation only class. Uh, during this time period to support people and getting their education um, while we're going through this collective healing. So yeah, but like, but study it, you know, like geek out on sex and geek out on relating and things like that, just as much as you would on money and anything else that is a pillar of your life. And, you know, like family, but family is about communication and, and security is about money and, and, part of that is in sex and there's so many cool things that you can do when you understand it and you can make it a lot more effective where, cause like friction sex is only going to get you so far and that hiding in the very beginning, maybe, but over time it's just too predictable and it's, it's not like you can be, both parties can be so disassociated and just going through the motions of things. And there's so many more depths of beauty that you can tap into within your own body that then you can share those things with other people. And so I just really encourage people to like get off the path and you don't have to commit to any cult or become part of any community or take on any type of titles to understand your sexual energy. But there's some fabulous teachings out there that is just it's universal in my opinion. It's just, it's just energy and we're energetic beings having a physical experience. And so the more that we can understand about that, the more we can assist ourselves. And when you are orgasmic in your own body and knowing that you are the master of your own pleasure, then you just are so much of a better human for society. And we need you to step it up like that. <laughs> mm, yes. Okay. So where can everybody find you? Um, Instagram is a great spot. So at Tiffany Janae, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-J-A-N-A-Y. And then from there, I usually put up all my links of any classes I'm offering or um, my various sites. And then also for yoniegs.com is a good place to go too. And you can learn about those special tools. Mm, wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. I know everybody got a lot out of it. Y'all be sure to subscribe, like, comment, share, DM either of us on Instagram. I would love to hear your feedback on this conversation. And I will talk with you later. Bye. Thank you.